This podcast and its parent website are supported by its listeners and readers. If you enjoy what you hear and read at Ride or Die, please consider supporting our continued creation at patreon.com slash ride or die. Yalla, yalla, yalla. Welcome to the Ride or Die podcast. I'm Andrew Michael Spinsboy. That's AMSBDU. And I'm Nate. I'm Christopher J. Willis. And we're the co-founders of Ride or Die, always under construction, gentlemen. Yes. That's the plural. (laughs) Gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah, it is. What's up? Uh, just having a little bit of a giggle fit. Uh, you're missing out. If you're not a patron, you're missing out on the pre-show because uh, it's a good time. We like to cut loose and sing and giggle. Yeah. Some of us. Yeah. Others like to sabotage. Others are a little more I think others like to sabotage the beginning of the show. Yeah. I think that I never... I would argue that I never sabotage. Others like Except to... Except for att- earlier. Uh, others like to attempt to sabotage. My, minus this episode... <laughs> Admittedly, you've never tried to sabotage. It just happens naturally. <laughs> yeah. You're just really good at it. You've never yeah, nature. put in an effort to sabotage. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but so this what are sabotage. We drinking? What are we drinking, Nate? Yeah, this sabotage, unofficially, officially brought to you by uh, RAR and Sons, R A H R and Sons, Ugly Pug Schwartz beer. Schwartz. It's uh, yeah, Schwartz. 5.5%. Uh, let's let's uh, crack these fellas. Let's get oh, a. Tis a taste. Don't spray on the lappies. Yeah, that's a good call. Don't spray on the lappies. You held it straight over my lappie. So what's a Schwarz beer? Black beer. I don't know. Schwarz beer? Oh, is it darker? Uh, yeah, it's just like, it's probably just like a... Uh, I guess I can taste that. Close to like a porter. That not, chocolatey... Yeah, not quite a uh, stout, but... You're right. Black beer. Yeah. Is that quite German. literally... It's German black for beer. black. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. Um, Boom! I took German. <laughs> nice dude. Uh, so it's just knowing your basic colors. <clears throat> yeah, your basic normal no colors. Yeah, your standard colors. I don't know like vermilion in German. But I don't know. I don't even know black. <laughs> now I know black. <laughs> you yeah. only know that because you took German. I know. So I'm saying I don't know vermilion. <laughs> Um, but this is good. It, like I said, it's you a made it chocolate. sound like though, that like if you didn't know what your primary colors are or your basic color palette was, that you wouldn't know. Like, yeah, it was a you're big like part just, of the first week. Like, I took German, but also it's just sort of knowing your your colors. Yeah, <laughs> like it sounded completely just divorced from the German yeah. part. If you're a colorblind, you'd probably be screwed, man. How do you put it together? Yeah. That- so that's weird because uh, you said it was like first week, and I'm sure it wasn't like legitimately first week, but at least you covered those. I don't know how long you took uh, German or uh, yeah, German. Roughly five years. Was it really? Yeah, to get through uh, four what? semesters. Oh, it took okay. me five years to get through four. Because okay, I did it. I did it for four years. I didn't much like it. I did Japanese for four years, and I don't know any <laughs> any colors. Oh, that's um, fair. But you know how to say hamburger. And by the way, <laughs> don't even know. <laughs> yeah, and computer science is computer science. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I think we should probably just end the show there. Yeah, that's yeah, it. That's it. <laughs> All right, well, um, wait, did we get, did we even finish on this? On, uh, this it's, from Fort Worth. it's from oh, Fort yeah, Worth. It's from Fort Worth. Also, I love the, I love the, I picked it because of the can, because of the pug. Has a cute little can. ugly pug. He's not as, you try to make a pug ugly, but you just... Yep, you can't. It's very easy. Well, it, you think it's easy? <laughs> well, pu- yeah, it is easy. Pug is a uh, German for ugly. Like I'm surprised no, you don't know that. <laughs> no, it is not. Surprised you don't know that. Um, no, it's a five point five percent. Yeah, I was trying to like get us on board earlier, but you guys weren't having any of it. It's a five point five percent. It's real chocolatey. You guys taste that chocolatey? I, I think it's a, it's not quite as chocolatey as some of the other porters. You guys taste that chocolatey? Yeah, <laughs> I like it. It's a darker. It, to me, it's it's. It tastes obviously lower than a stout in in that darkness and that heaviness. Yeah, uh, I I would think that it's probably in the range of I don't know exactly where Schwarzbier falls, but I think that it's probably somewhere in the realm of a porter. Yeah, Some it doesn't taste are, nearly as like um, have uh, nearly as dense. Yeah. yeah, but it does have that. Yeah, that, that usually flavor. a porter I've, I've got it like a pint. In me, that's all I can do. I'm tapped out of that. Yeah, I, I, I could similar. do a few of these. <laughs> I'm similar in that in that respect. Uh, yeah, but I wanted to get a little crazy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but the the pug has a to finish what Chris is saying. The pug has a little eye patch. 
Yeah, he's got it's an angry expression. Plug in an eye patch. And he's got an eye patch on. I choose to think that it's not because of any physical malady that he has, but it's, it's a more choice, of a choice. It's more of an aesthetic choice. Definitely, yeah. Uh, he's, um, it's more just like of an identification. Yeah. You know, I'd still love him. Who he is. Yeah. Yeah. And even if it was some, from some physical altercation, he won. Like, you should Clearly. see the other guy. He's alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You should see the other guy. But oh, man. That's All right. Um, well, this week we're going to just dive into our thoughts on the Oscar nominations. Um, all sorts of stuff yeah. there. Um, but first, we're going to talk uh, a little bit about some great writing that we've seen around the web this week. Um, Chris had a piece that he selected for us um, from The Outline, which is a new outfit. <clears throat> um, I think they launched this year in January, maybe a little bit earlier, maybe in December. Um, what was it, Chris? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, so I would say that I really enjoyed this one, but based off the reactions of my compatriots, <laughs> they did not much enjoy this one. Uh, this article is titled, Is There Any Reason for the Outrageous Price of Cinnamon Sticks in Investigation? I think that I really enjoyed the writing on this one. It's by Kelly Conaboy, um, and it was written on the 23rd of January. The basic premise behind this article is that what's there? Why it? Excuse me. Why is the cinnamon sticks so much more expensive than just ground cinnamon? Your basic everyday cinnamon. Um, I didn't know. This is the first introduction to the prices of cinnamon in any capacity to me. Uh, I've never myself bought cinnamon. It's funny that you mentioned that because uh, in preparation for a holiday party months ago, um, I was shopping at my local H-E-B, which is a, a grocery chain here in, uh, is it uh, Central Texas, South Texas, Texas all, like all of Texas? Uh, just all of Texas. All of Texas. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I was at H-E-B and uh, was pricing cinnamon sticks specifically and was kind of shocked by by the price. So it's, it's kind of funny, months later, fast forward to it now... I'm reading an article about cinnamon sticks being so expensive. Yeah. So, basically, to summarize this, uh, Kelly, the writer of this article, um, asked this question to herself, um, compared prices at her local grocery stores, found out that at one store at the... the for, to equate this to Texans... Um, she went to her quote-unquote local H-E-B and found that the difference between ground cinnamon and cinnamon sticks was a difference of about $4. However, there were two more ounces uh, of ground cinnamon than there were of cinnamon sticks. Uh, Then she called the more of a Central Texas, or I'm sorry, Central Market Whole Foods grocery store and found that Ground cinnamon was just one more dollar than cinnamon sticks for a whole um, one and a half ounces more. Which is crazy because, uh, and she kind of alludes to it being Whole Foods. I don't know where she's from, but kind of alludes to it being Whole Foods. It may or may not be. But that price difference between the two is kind of shocking. It really is. How much more the first one is more expensive than how much more the second grocery store chain is more expensive. And she... So throughout the, the whole um, article, she <clears throat> outlines this investigation that she conducted where she reached out to kind of customer service from the leading brands, specifically McCormick and uh, Simply Organic, and <clears throat> asked their representatives some questions about you know where the cinnamon comes from, uh, background on the cinnamon, along to go along with the research that she had already conducted, <clears throat> and then kind of why there was this big price differential. Yeah. And it turns out that the answer is basic economics. Yeah. More or less. That, uh, so to read exactly the response yeah. that she got real quick, this is from McCormick in an email. Many people don't know this, but cinnamon is the bark of the tree. Our cinnamon sticks are sourced differently than the cinnamon we grind in, into bottles. The quills are specifically selected for attributes like length as well as the thickness of the bark and how tightly they are rolled. They are also selected, inspected, and packaged by hand. Yeah. So I guess that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And then I think later on, the cinnamon... St- did you already read this? 
the cinnamon stick has to be extracted in one piece, making uh, it a that's little slightly before. It <clears throat> oh yeah, 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 yeah. The cinnamon stick has to be extracted in one piece, making it a little more fragile and harder to harvest. Also, there's less demand for cinnamon sticks than there is for ground. Perhaps part of the decreased demand comes from the fact that they are outrageously expensive. That's the comment of mm-hmm. uh, the writer. So I like you, Nate. I think I was intrigued by this at the start. I found it charming. Uh, the tone that she took, it's kind of playful. Off the, um, yeah, like off the, the cuff, yeah, the kind of conversational. Yeah. And then I couldn't figure out if she was, like, making a serious complaint or she actually had, like, a real gripe about this issue, yeah. quote-unquote, or if she was still just trying to be funny at the end. Like, her last line is, it also seems like she's talking about the explanation that the representative she, that she called gave for uh, the 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 separation in the price points and then she says it kind of seems to me like it's just a bunch of bullshit that happens for no reason exclamation point exclamation point exclamation point exclamation point so that was kind of the i was is she what do you what do you think chris is the tone the overall tone of the piece is she is she making like an actual legitimate complaint or is she just fun and i think that she's uh just having fun um investigating a simple Mystery, yeah, I, I, that people haven't really thought much about and have approached it under the lens of <clears throat> a serious piece written about something far-reaching. Yeah, yeah. And, and if, if this is more tongue-in-cheek, the, I think m- the main problem that I have again is that I can't tell. If this is more tongue-in-cheek than it is like serious complaint, I'm cool with this. This yeah. doesn't bother me at all. If it's an actual complaint about the price separation between two similar products, I'd find it pedantic. Uh, no, I think that it's more of the former. I think okay. that it is more tongue-in-cheek, just based off of the entire premise. The simplicity of it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can see that. Um, yeah. My thing is that this seems like uh, like a bad SNL skit. <laughs> just yeah. like it, it didn't land. Because I, I get, and I, it's actually very informative, um, mm-hmm. and it makes yeah. sense when you lay it out, because I've often wondered, because I, I also thought that cinnamon was just ground cinnamon sticks, yeah. but apparently it's not. But it's to me, it's just the way that it's written, and the way that she is trying, it seems like she's just trying to be funny, and trying to make it easy, and like, hey, this is funny. <laughs> Which I, I get. Yeah. Like, more power to you, but... Just not yeah. my style. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I actually, I was a fan of her writing style. And I think it was because, one, it was an informative topic that I didn't know much about. And also I enjoyed the bits of humor that were laced throughout it. I enjoy how she uses, how she bolds a lot of uh, her, you know, conclusions yeah, uh, hmm, I'm going to add in some suspense now. Pause yeah. while reading. Okay, and now continue. And then in bold, it is. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I, I enjoy that a, light, a lot. And I realize that for some people, that style can be kind of annoying. Like I feel similar uh, towards like cracked articles. Um, all those list articles and like big articles. That there's, a, you know, there's a time where cracked was like really thought highly of crack.com or whatever um and i really disliked their articles i disliked the writing style that sort of writing style in um a site that i typically tend to enjoy which is av club when they write their news stories i'm not a huge fan of the writing style that is uh taken there but this is one that i think it really uh it really worked for me and i want to start reading this site a little bit more so that was it was a good introduction for me, at least. Yeah, yeah. To check out the site, and again, it's uh, theoutline.com, which I guess is new. I don't, yeah, it's new, that? and <clears throat> I've actually followed the development of, of this site fairly closely because I I, I was originally okay. a fan of its current CTO back in the day when he worked for Engadget. Um, his uh, name is Josh Topolsky. Um, he's also one of the co-founders, I believe, of TheVerge.com, which is a tech news site that over the year i was really excited about its launch as well i just i have a little bit of a history with this guy and with the companies that he's involved with and i i just have i started out being a really big fan of his and over the years have kind of my opinion of him has kind of gone down and and the the projects he's attached himself to uh, my opinion of those has kind of 
waned a little bit. And I, I, I'd probably be lying if I didn't if I said I didn't take that that uh, you know preconceived notion into reading this piece. Mm -hmm. um, but that being said, I, I was actually really intrigued by it at the start. Anyway, it's it is a it's a greatly designed site. One of the oh, things yeah. I do love about what he does and the the projects that he's been attached to, um, they always have phenomenal UX and UI, and they just have great interfaces and and wonderful design wonderful i love just everything about the aesthetics of this this site it is really good um, it's great i follow they're a good instagram follow too oh really yeah <clears throat> um if you're into the that kind of design element and uh they tease some of the pieces that they're doing uh yeah but you can check them out at the outline.com also there's no bottom of this i know and it keeps that's it what, keeps the other thing scrolling. too like the web development stuff is really smart too like no matter what page you end up on, if you scroll down and you keep scrolling and you keep scrolling and you keep scrolling, it never stops. And like that's pretty brilliant. It just yeah. surfaces new content for you the whole time. Yeah. Um, even if you never navigated to that content. Anyway, theoutline.com, check it out. Um, and the piece I believe was called. Is there any reason for the outrageous price of cinnamon sticks? That's right. Which you can find just by googling that. That's what I did. Yeah. yeah. Also, before we move on, I know that I should have. I was just going around the site and just noticed how they do their advertising, mm -hmm. and I think mm -hmm. it's so amazing. Yeah. So that scrolling feature that you're talking about, one of their advertisement is as advertisements is for Cadillac, mm -hmm. and so you'll scroll down to like new pieces of content, and then while it's like trying to load a new piece of content or getting that ready, you'll hit an advertisement that says, there are 5,498 number of Escalade references in music, including these songs, and then you'll scroll to the next thing, and like that's just like out of nowhere. Yeah. And then scroll to the next, yeah, yeah. Like, next thing, and then it's like, uh, talks more about the Cadillac Escalade. Um, and all these features, and yeah. it's just a tiny thing. Oh, there's a game. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think that that's just... Their really advertising's cool. great, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, their, their website's great. Um, some of the content's good, some of the content I have some problems with. I don't really like a lot of the style, but it's definitely worth checking out. And it's mm -hmm. like a brand new hot property. It's kind of trending right now. They're on the up and up, so... Hot property. Yeah, hot property. Coming through. <laughs> Speaking of hot properties... Ooh, ow, ow. Let's talk about the 2016... I, it's the 2016, 20, right? That's how you 16, say it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is Oscar... It? Is it? Or is it the 2017? Yeah. No, it's the 2017 Oscars. Academy Awards. For the movies of 2016. What about the number? What yeah, no, so you would say the, the 2016 number. You're right. No, he's right. It's, it's no, the you would 2017 say 2017 Oscars. The, the Oscars. Because the because the ceremony takes place yeah. in 2017, it's weird. But it's the 89th uh, Academy Awards. <laughs> Regardless of what it's called, <laughs> um, we're gonna talk about um, just some takeaways that we all have, just being good little students of film and that we are I fans of films. Yeah. The first thing that I think we wanted to get into was the Best Picture nominations. That's the one that everybody pays the most attention Which to. Which I think. Yeah, it's the last one that they announced. Right. Yada, yada, the, which I think between the three of us, we've seen at least half. Of yeah, yeah, I think so. I so mean, the nominees are <laughs> Arrival, Fences, Hacksaw Ridge, Hell or High Water, Hidden Figures, La La Land, Lion, Manchester by the Sea, and Moonlight. Mm -hmm. So those are the nominees for the 2017 Oscars for Best Picture of 2016. I have seen one, two, three of these. Uh, yeah, I myself have, have only seen Arrival and La La Land. La La Land, yeah, me as well. Mm. Um, really want to see Fences. Wait, you guys have seen the same two? Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, man. So, we, so, we, so we're missing Moonlight, Lion, Hidden Figures, Hacksaw Ridge, Fences? Fences. Okay. Yeah. So I, I actually, yeah, I'm, I'm, I originally, to pull the veil away from... Uh, you know the secrecy of this podcast, I guess. <laughs> I was a Intense little, I, I was uh, a little apprehensive about talking about this because I've only seen two. I, you know, in previous years, I've made a point of seeing every single one. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and so you know, I I've been a little disappointed in the last couple of years of the Academy Awards in myself, more not like. Not the Academy, necessarily. <laughs> Just in your performance of 
keeping tabs yeah. on. I mean, I'm always disappointed in the Academy. I think they're <laughs> terrible choices. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and we can get into that later, but... Yeah. Over the last couple of years, I'm a little frustrated that I haven't seen more of well, these films. In your defense, uh, these were announced two days ago. Uh, it doesn't air until the 26th of February. Yeah. So we have plenty of time. Now that we know what they are, we have yeah. plenty of time to see. Oh, yeah, movies. definitely. We do. Uh, and, you know, there's a theater here in Austin um, that will put on several of them again, even if they're, like, running is a little bit... A little past the, mm-hmm. the yeah, original yeah. They'll theater re, They'll rescreen them after yeah. the announcements. And that's for anybody listening that's uh, Regal Arbor yeah. uh, 8. At the Great Hills. At yeah. Great Hills, yeah. So, I guess let's talk about the ones that we have seen. Mm-hmm. I, I actually really want to see, I think, all of these. Um, I, I'm, I'm actually surprised, even though I'm a huge fan of this film, I thought it was absolutely phenomenal. Um... I was kind of surprised to see Hell or High Water on this list. I know you guys haven't seen it. It's basically like a modern western. And there's really not much to say without spoiling it or anything. I This film, stylistically, I believe it's from the writer that did um, Sicario. Uh, the uh, the okay. Denis Vinoy movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's a it's just a wonderful, wonderful movie. It, everything about it is great. That's my... That's, I hope it wins. I had, mm. I just had no. It it seemed like a movie that would fly kind of under the radar. Yeah. Um. That that wouldn't get much notice from the academy, yeah. but apparently, I I mean. I mean, they typically throw one of those in. That's true. Yeah. Since it's expanded to ten, you know, they don't always go to ten. Which they know, have, have nine. nine. Yeah. So yeah. we covered Arrival in our our very first at depth. Yeah. Um, covered Arrival in our very first um, episode, which if you haven't listened to it, go check it out before the the Oscars. At I, least. But it, it, that's one that I was surprised to see. AMSB, you said that it was that was a really good movie, Hell or High Water, mm-hmm. and that was one just based off of the trailer that I was like, uh, when I when I saw the trailer, I was just like, this probably doesn't appeal to me. Mm. It seems just more like easy cinema. Yeah. But now seeing it on here, and I don't know why that is. Why I hold? Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I have some learning to do, but why I hold this movie particularly, or even the the opinion of the uh, the Academy in such high regard that now I'm like, oh, okay, well I gotta see this. Yeah, yeah. I tend to not hold them in super high regard anymore. I did when I was in college. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Same. that there are other avenues. I think something that, and this may be, you know wrong in hindsight a couple years later but uh you know paying attention more to cans and like what does well at cans is more indicative potentially of cinema as an art form moving forward comparative to the academy awards now because you'll see movies win academy awards and realistically they don't hold a great weight years after. Yeah. Some do. Uh, some just kind of get forgotten, and they're just like a swept up in the campaigning of... Like, do you remember The Artist? I do. I've seen yeah. The Artist. The Artist was good, but it wasn't... Yeah. You know, I, there you were know, better it movies was great. Yeah. Like, I prefer Brian Posehn's The Fartist. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have seen that. Um, Not really. No. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I... Ordinary people. One. Okay, so ugh, don't get me started on ordinary people. <laughs> I wasn't alive for the travesty of that thing winning, but that that movie is boring. Oh, rest in peace, Mary Tyler Moore. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Too soon. Uh, so we're all thinking it, but none of us. Yeah. Didn't have to. Oh, you guys didn't have to in that movie. So, well, I mean, one one thing I wanted to underscore in this lineup um, is something that was on my radar: Manchester by the Sea is does anybody do you guys know what studio put that out Mm-mm. Mm-mm. amazon studios oh wow so it's the first streaming service. it's the first streaming service film um to be ever nominated for an academy nice. award it's weird you know because like the way the way it works too is uh so amazon studios films will be in theaters for 90 days and then they appear on amazon prime video so like in not that long mm-hmm. like that movie will be on Amazon Prime nice. for like anybody to watch who has Amazon Prime. It's really cool. Out. Um, 
it's it it's an interesting step. I don't think that that really factors into the academy's selection or anything. It's just an interesting occurrence that we're now at a point uh, with all the streaming services and stuff. I mean, we've seen over the past two or three years uh, with the Emmys how powerful some of these streaming companies can be. Yeah. Um, with regards to a uh, award season, uh, you know, House of Cards and Bloodline and all these other great original contents coming from all this other great original content coming from streaming services but this is the first time it's really made its way into film uh long form theatrical feature length film yeah it's just an interesting like kind of footnote that this year there's a movie nominated for best picture that was created like funded by uh well it wasn't funded it was bought so it went to sundance and then it was bought Okay. Well, distributed by yeah, distributed, yeah. distributed by a, a, a internet company. I think funded. I think there there might be a longer delay between movie distributed by the streaming services and a movie funded mm. and produced yeah, by yeah. the streaming ser- services. Just because I think that you know, even even though it was just distributed, I feel like, and this is based in no obvious fact necessarily but it almost feels like a movie like that gets nominated in spite of the fact that it was distributed by a streaming yeah. service like yeah, i don't i be. think that the academy award probably academy awards would probably if it was a lesser movie i know that manchester by the sea has a lot of merit and a lot of people love it and a lot of people push for it if it was slightly a less a lesser movie if it was maybe hell or high water it might not get nominated. Yeah, yeah that's that a good could point. be the that could be the the thing that that pushes it out of there. Yeah. So uh, I just looked it up real quick. The production company. There's there's quite a few actually. K Period Media, B Story, uh, CMP, and Pearl Street Films were the big ones uh, for the production companies and distributed by Amazon uh, Studios and Roadside Attractions, right. which has done a bunch of other things. Right. Oddly enough, the budget was only eight point five million, which right. I thought seems kind of low but yeah i mean it just depends i i'm i haven't seen this film obviously uh but uh i think that it's not based you know it's not a rival um it's not even la la land uh it's it's more like dialogue driven yeah yeah it's it's Um, very slow and set in you know just put it in that location and the location will do some of the work for you right the location is definitely a character and stuff um, like that yeah it's by the sea. <laughs> no, actually. No. Near the uh, sea, though. No. Uh, so it's I'm anxious. It's in Montana. Mon- Montana. <laughs> uh, I'm anxious Manchester, to jump Manchester, Montana. In... Sorry. <laughs> I'm anxious to jump into the leading actors okay. uh, because I wanted to ask you guys a specific question about one of them. So I'll just read them off here real quick. Uh, we've got Denzel Washington in Fences, Viggo Mortensen in Captain Fantastic, which was not nominated for uh, Best Picture, but did look good. And I'll, I'll ask you guys about that here in a second. Andrew Garfield with Hacksaw Ridge, Ryan Gosling with La La Land, and then Casey Affleck, who I think is the preferred Affleck when it, Affleck when it comes to acting <laughs> I think uh, for Manchester by the Sea. So uh, my question real quick is, does your opinion, uh, and Chris, you were there when this was brought to our attention, but does your opinion on an actor and their, their art, or actress and their art, uh, does it change when you hear something about their personal life that may... Uh, affect their character for example uh somebody we were like we were gushing about how casey affleck uh we loved casey affleck uh, chris and i were and then our friend mentioned that he that apparently there's some lawsuits against him for whatever reason yeah and we were like whoa we didn't know this like yeah. does that change specifically it's like sexual assault yeah like, sexual assault exactly yeah. uh yeah not just any sort of lawsuit but specifically of a sexual nature but does it change your your opinion of a person specifically an actor actress and their art when you hear a story like that? Uh, yeah, I think it's hard for me to... It's hard for me to view them in the same light because especially... Yeah, it is very hard for me to view them in the same light. I'm not trying to like make excuses for it, and I know that in some capacity the art should live separately to um, the artist. Yeah. But in this world, it's very hard to do that now. In you know eighteen in the time of the impression impressionists and 
you know, when Picasso is going, it's a little easier to separate the artist from the art because the world is so separate, but the world is not so separate anymore. And you can find out these facts quite easily. And so it becomes very hard to take away that aspect of the person. It's hard to, it's hard to forgive them in a sense. Yeah. Uh, Almost like they hurt you in in some way, especially if they, if they're beloved, but yeah, uh, I, I was just curious. Uh, Amos B., do you have anything to add to that? I mean, I, I, I used to... We've talked about this offline a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to be someone that really thought that you had to... And again, this is probably teasing a conversation we do need to have in like a main discussion one time. But I used to be somebody that really thought that you had to know the whole story about the person to mm-hmm. really appreciate the person's art. I try my best nowadays to sort of divorce... Uh, the performance from everything else. Yeah, and that's really all I'll say. And and all yeah, that's all I'll say. Cool. Uh, and so then I wanted to jump back to Vigo Mortens Mort Mortensen, who I kind of hard time <laughs> saying. Uh, have you have either of you guys seen Captain Fantastic? No, but I, I heard there's a podcast I listened to called uh, Cord Cutters, and they were talking at length about how uh, Captain Fantastic was phenomenal. It's really something to say. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. fantastic was fantastic. Um, I had actually never heard of it until I heard them talk about it on that podcast. That was like two days ago. Oh, okay. So that shows you how up on, on this stuff I am. Yeah, yeah. It, it came out a while ago. Uh, I don't know exactly when, but I, I would say early to mid-2016. Uh, His second uh, nomination mm-hmm. for actor in a leading role, which I think is great. Well, did he win his first one? Was it for Eastern Provinces? Yeah, it was. Just, it was just an still action movie. Oh, that's good. It, yeah, it, I didn't understand it. It's the best uh, <laughs> naked shower, uh, fight, shower scene. fight scene that you can have. Yeah, it's brutal. It's, uh, it's intense. It's a very good film. Sounds good. Yeah. Denzel Washington always good. Not to harp on the the actors uh, too long, but Denzel Washington always good. Love him. Ryan Gosling. I love seeing him in there because he's yeah. kind of made this. This reappearance, this yes, resurgence, and, a, and I love it. And a rousing, rousing film called La La Land. La La Land. <laughs> uh, it, I have to say that when scrolling by... Sorry. I, w- scrolling through this stuff makes me feel really out of touch. <laughs> like, I don't know a lot of stuff. A lot of what's, what's going on here? Yeah, like... Yeah. I mean, I know... I've heard of the big ones, but like... Uh, even the one that Meryl Streep is Florence nominated Foster for... Jenkins. Yeah, it's a I film about... What that is. Yeah. It's a biopic okay. where she plays a character from history, and I don't know it. I don't know the character even, unfortunately. So that yeah. proves how ignorant about this I am. But Florence Foster Jenkins is like a, a famous person for uh, whatever she does. I don't know if it's uh, philanthropy, philanthropy, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but she wants to become a singer, and her voice is not good. She's not a good okay. singer. Yeah. It's a real king speech, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that actually that brings me to a point that I wanted to bring up, bring up that I'm a little bit frustrated with. Meryl Streep is the greatest actress that there's ever been. No doubt about that. Um, I mean, she hasn't won as many Academy Awards as Catherine Hepburn, but we're splitting hairs here. She's had a wealth of more competition in comparison to Catherine Hepburn, but. It's gotten to the point now where she just gets nominated every year, and... It feels like it's just kind of a given. Yeah, and it's... it's She's not going to win this year. And I feel that it, it oh, does a disservice. What if she does? She's not. It's going to be <laughs> it's gonna be like Natalie Portman, uh, or Emma Stone. There's a lot of buzz around... Oh, go ahead. It's just... Uh, it takes the spot of some other actresses that... Uh, yeah, it, it kind of takes an opportunity yeah. away from some people, yeah. So you sort of have to, you really have to trust, because I see what you're saying, and I love Meryl Streep, easily one of my favorites, but you you kind of have to give your trust to the Academy that they're going to, that they are going to rightfully give it to. It, it's not another Leonardo DiCaprio situation. They're going to rightfully give it to who? The top five, I guess it's the top five uh, for actor and actress uh, every year, they're going to give it to the top five, be it Meryl Streep or somebody else. But that's not how. So I can't. I can't put my for whatever reason. I can't put the same amount of faith in yeah. the Academy as you do because it's not. Uh, it is not the best five. It's whose studio 
is running a better campaign and more yeah, effective yeah, yeah. campaign to keep them so, in the eyes of the academy voters. Yeah. So it there's all these things that come into play. It's like when uh, the academy viewers saw your film. Was it like the last film that they saw? Was it like too early in the year? There's all these things that uh, are so disentangled from the actual uh, craft of craft of it. Yeah. yeah. So and, let me let me clarify though. I'm not. I'm not in this sense because I haven't seen Meryl Streep's performance, so I'm not in this sense saying like that she deserves it. No, and in fact, yeah. I've only seen Emma Stone. Uh, we should uh, read these out real quick. Go ahead. Yeah, guys. Isabella Huppert for L, uh, Ruth Nega for Loving, Natalie Portman for Jackie, Emma Stone for La La Land, and Meryl Streep for Florence Foster Jenkins. Right. So I've only ever seen uh, only ever. So I've only seen Emma Stone, who I'm actually glad to see in here, but I've only seen her performance out of these five. So. It's not that I am putting my trust into the the academy. I'm I, what I'm saying is that like you, it, it's like you have to before because I don't know. Do you know who you would put in place of Meryl Streep? Um, or even if you can't this year, then any previous year. Oh I, yeah, I, I, I mean know. like I can't like specific times, but there are tons of times where actresses aren't yeah uh, nominated for roles that I think that they really should be. I thought that um, I think. Uh, I would have to go back and look at years specifically, but I think that Meryl Streep might have been nominated for actress in a supporting role the year Snowpiercer came out, and I felt that Tilda Swinton had done a a job so worthy of being nominated for an Academy Award that she wasn't. Um, Oh, she wasn't nominated? No, she wasn't. Oh, that was a brilliant yeah. performance. I, I, um, I think that Tilda Swinton was, would, was probably in talks to get nominated for actress in a leading role now. And I'm not saying that like Tilda Swinton should be in it, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm I'm just saying that like there are definitely times where I think that Meryl Streep will take a spot, and there are sometimes where it's completely and totally worth it. But this, I don't think, from everything that I've read from pundits that I think are more wise than I am. It just didn't seem like there was any real reason to nominate Meryl Streep other than the fact that it's Meryl Streep. Yeah. And why would you not nominate her? So Natalie Portman's getting a lot of buzz, but also uh, Ruth Nega. And I haven't seen Loving, uh, and I don't think anybody else is nominated for that movie. No, so Loving is maybe the one that I'm most upset about not seeing. Not because I'm particularly drawn to it. Uh, it seems really good. It's about an interracial couple, couple in, I think, maybe the 60s. Is this the... Uh... This is Jeff Nichols. Yeah. Though. Yeah. Okay. So this is Jeff Nichols, and Jeff Nichols is one of my favorites. I'm disappointed myself for not seeing this Yeah, he's well. one of my favorite directors. Uh, it's not his typical film. He had two films this year. Uh, this one, I think, at least to me, just came out of nowhere. I've known about um, uh, his previous... Yeah, I've known about Midnight Special for years previous to its release. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not know about Loving... Yeah, I didn't know about this until you just told Yeah, and it's Joel Edgerton as well, who was also in uh, Midnight Special. <coughs> that's the that's the couple. Okay. Uh, and so, haven't seen it, but I've you know I've been reading that she was probably going to get nominated for it, which is really cool. Isabel Huppert is an older actress. She's French. She's famous for being in a lot of fringe things that are. Uh, she's in. Um, Claire Dennis's white material, which is really good. Um, actually, I'm gonna fact check that because now I uh, am not 100 percent sure. So, but, <laughs> while uh, you know, there are people here that are totally deserving of it. Anyway, sorry about that. That's okay. I was I was just while we're on Jeff Nichols. So, mm-hmm. I think for me personally, this is one of those like. D- did you guys see Midnight Special? Yeah. Yeah. What did you think of it? Uh, I really enjoyed my nice special. Yeah, I loved it as well. It's yeah. it might be my least favorite Jeff Nichols film, okay. but I I, I thought it was phenomenal. And yeah. I don't know, man. When I like, I just I I scrolled through a little earlier. I don't think there's a single category for which it's nominated. Even the like kind of consolation categories, like sound editing and stuff. No, yeah, I might be wrong, but in my initial scroll through, I didn't see it for loving. No, for um, Midnight, Midnight Special. Oh, Midnight Special. Yeah. Now, I know it wasn't released like during Oscar season. It was an early 2016 release. Yeah. But, like... 
Hell or High Water was an early release as well. Like really? It was, it was in, like, August, I think. Oh, yeah. August yeah, or yeah. September. But you're right. I mean, it wasn't, like, late year or anything. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I look at a film like Midnight Special and, like, yeah, I'm not saying it should be nominated for Best Picture. But, like, sound editing or, like, screenplay, you know? It's just... Yeah. It's one of those movies that makes me just doubt the legitimacy... Not legitimacy, but, like really kind of buy into what you're saying, Chris, about the Academy, about how it's way less about the craft of filmmaking and it's just more about the sort yeah. of connectedness of it. Politics of yeah. it. Yeah. It's true. I've never understood I've never understood every category uh before in yeah. an Academy Award season. Yeah. Uh and there have been years where I've done like a like I've read a ton about the presumptions of what's gonna happen. I used to read uh this this site Uh, pretty frequently called In Contention, and it was run by Christopher Tatley, and he would have a power rankings that would start almost immediately after the Academy Awards would be over of the next year's crop. Um, And so you could just constantly see, like, what was supposed to be in there. Like, what were the dark horses? Like, uh, what's the pulse? And, And that's, I think that's because it's such an ongoing process, that's why I can't just fully throw my faith into the Academy because it is just a yeah. popularity contest. I mean, how does a movie like The King's Speech beat The Social Network? <laughs> it makes no sense. Yeah. Uh, well, one was one was produced by the Weinstein Company. Yeah. It was an Aaron Sorkin yeah. written movie. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. That's how Shakespeare in Love beat yeah. Saving Private Ryan. Right. So I did want to talk about some of the other categories, some of the lesser known categories. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The sticking with the, the the predominant categories, real quick. Did you guys see anything that was on the animated feature film? I did. I saw Kubo. You saw Kubo and Moana and Moana and I Zootopia. Saw, I saw Zootopia. <laughs> Zootopia was great. Yeah, I only saw Zootopia. I have heard that Moana was like maybe the best Disney movie in like ten years. Moana was right? really good. That's uh, what I've heard. I, I thought so. My my pick would be Kubo. I, I really liked Kubo. Uh, I haven't seen uh, my life as a zucchini or the Red Turtle. I uh, the other two. Have you heard of those? Mm-hmm. I I saw a trailer for the Red Turtle. I have no idea where I saw it, but it looked phenomenal. Yeah, it looked great. Um, but so my my pick would be Kubo, just because I I really I just love that. Um, but I saw Moana recently, actually, within the last couple of weeks, uh-huh. and um, yeah, it it it's really good. It's really Growing up, it's going to sound weird, but a, a good friend of mine was of that same culture. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's They don't really specify in the movie, but it's some islander, uh, whether, it's, Grim yeah, yeah. Uh, whether it's Samoan or like Polynesian or something like yeah. that. I um, think it's Samoan because I think that, well, I don't know. Because The Rock is such a big part yeah, of The Rock. Yeah, He's like yeah, talking yeah. about like what it means yeah. to be Samoan yeah, and like yeah. his people and stuff yeah. like that. But, but it could be in the movie. movie. It doesn't necessarily specify. Oh, oh, oh sorry. Um, so growing up, and that, my yeah, my friend was, or is Samoan. Uh, so growing up in the culture, it was really cool to see the culture just on film. And yeah. not only on film, but by Disney. Like yeah. there's a scene, uh, tattoos play, play a big part in the culture. And there's a scene where somebody's getting a tattoo and it's a traditional tap tattoo. Um and the, the tattoos just play such a big part. And the tattoo uh, on uh, Maui, which is The Rock's character, Dwayne Johnson's character, actually. <laughs> uh, he, he's he's his own character. The tattoo is his own character. and they, they Oh, really? Yeah, they like converse with it. He doesn't talk or anything, but they converse with him and interact with him. And it's really great. I, I love Moana, and I recommend it. Yeah. I, I just heard, like, it's unbelievable the amount of praise. Like, just from, like, people whose opinions I respect, they... Yeah. Just talk about Moana like it's the best Disney movie that was ever created, and that's, I mean, that's great. I would say stylistically, absolutely. Not counting Pixar, because I really loved, not Naomi, (laughs) I really loved Nemo. I don't know where (laughs) Naomi came from. I I really loved Nemo. Moana was was great stylistically and and cinematically. Um, I think we might have enough experience with the movies that are nominated in this next category to talk about it. Um, I actually really like this category. It's costume design. Um, did you guys see any of the movies that are on this list? It's Allied, Fantastic Beasts, and Where to Find Them, Florence Foster Jenkins, Jackie, and Lola Land. Lola Land. I saw Lola Land and Fantastic Beasts. Okay, I saw Fantastic Beasts and Allied. Nice. I've seen Jackie and Lola Land. Okay, so that's pretty good. Allied, I think, might have a shot at this, 
It's not a very good movie, but um, the you know it's it's a basically a World War Two movie. Mm-hmm. The costuming is great in it. Yeah, the one that I don't understand, and maybe it's because I've got it set in my mind that it should be that for, to be in this category, it should be a timely piece. But La La Land, I, and I thought like the costumes were great, but. But they're also just sort of like I mean I have it's just the like movie, but it's just clothes, like it's yeah. like a suit yeah it's yeah, just yeah. a suit and yeah. like she wears sundresses and yeah, like, yeah and they're gorgeous um, sure yeah and they're but, well selected yeah. and everything like that and Absolutely. but it's not like necessarily design yeah. yeah it is an interesting I mean I've I've never really like understood exactly how these categories acquire their nominations because they're it seems that like if you are a movie that is a, a period piece. You're more likely to get yeah. You have a distinct advantage it. over like yeah. Know, and La La Land is the only blue is the warmest color. <laughs> oh yeah, was that nominated? No, no, no I don't know. That's just, I just uh, picked I love that, that movie. I just picked that. Sorry, up. you like set me off on the thing. I love that movie. Uh, <laughs> I just picked a random. I think I actually meant to say Blue Valentine. <laughs> oh, okay. Because <laughs> of Ryan Gosling. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I love Blue um, Let's see here. Production design is also one that I'm really fond of of uh, kind of keeping tabs on. I think Arrival should win this. <laughs> I mean, I could that... I could see a really good argument for Fantastic Beasts, and also I mean this is a good one I think. Uh, Hail Caesar has good production design too. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would have I would have been I'm kind of surprised that. I'm not super surprised Hail Caesar came out in, like, January. Yeah. Um, so that kind of, like, put a, the nail in the coffin of it being nominated for many Academy Awards. Sure. But to see it only come up, I think that that's only the the, the only one that it comes up on. Yeah. I um, think it is. That's just kind of a surprise to me. Uh, so I, I've seen, uh, besides Hail Caesar, I've seen every movie in this uh, this category. So Arrival, La La Land, Passengers, Fantastic Beasts, and Hail Caesar. And I agree with you, AMSB Arrival. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Mm. Um, what about, did you guys see any of the short films? No. So I, I saw Piper because I think it was in front of uh, Zootopia. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think Piper, I you know, I'm a huge fan of those, those Pixar shorts that are yeah. in front of all the Pixar movies. This one, I don't, th- there was something about this one visually. It was just so, like... Like you kind of, it's you have moments when you're watching it that's like a computer did this really yeah like it's it just looks so real you have to remind and like, yourself yeah it looks so good yeah um and it's a great little story too it's just a fun little one it's one of my favorites of the shorts that have come out so I want that to win <laughs> um, sound editing did you guys see Sully no I didn't. Sully had some great sound stuff in it yeah, also plane crashes are generally <laughs> yeah it's it's uh <laughs> it's it's ripe. Was well, Hacksaw nominated in that one? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's mixing for both. Okay. Yeah, editing and mixing. I, that's one thing that's just a trope that I would like to see them get rid of. What do you mean? Is war? I mean, I know that it's hard to edit yeah. and mix war sounds <sighs> yeah, together, but I mean, it's just like every time there's uh, one of the the movies in this category that's just boring, and I'm not. I haven't seen Hacksaw Ridge. I'm not saying Hacksaw Ridge is boring, but it it feels like its nomination and sound editing and sound mixing is boring. Hmm. D- does that make sense? Like just it yeah. Being I mean, I, I want to have yeah, fun. Yeah, I, I get what you. Awards. I get what you mean. Yeah. Like a war film is something that you would think sh- would definitely be very complex to edit for sound yeah. and to mix for sound. It's uh, the war movies getting nominated are the Meryl Streep nominations. Yeah, you know, in these categories, <laughs> just yeah. like period piece dramas are the are the same thing for like costume, costume design. design. Yeah, yeah, and like set design. I I have to express my vehement uh, disapproval for including Rogue One in the sound mixing nominees. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I mean, that's the same thing. <laughs> it's, it's like, like the yeah, war yeah. It, like, it. but even though it's even it's just that much worse because it's a Star Wars movie. But visual effects. The Jungle Book? Did you guys see The Jungle Book? Yeah. Oh my god. Great. That movie was wonderful. Yeah. Um, I'm sure Kubo was great in this area, too. Yeah, it was. uh, I mean, it's a different because it's that claymation. Yeah, right. That proper claymation. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's a little bit different, whereas Jungle Book is, like, fully... 
Uh, I think the kid is the only thing that's like we've seen a couple of like uh, behind the scenes, and we kind of talked about it on on the last show or maybe it was show previous. But the kid is the only thing in that's real in that movie, mm-hmm. and you would have no clue. Yeah, uh, and that would be my pick. I, I haven't seen Doctor Strange. Uh, I've had haven't heard of Deepwater Horizon. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's about the uh, the oil rig explosion. Yeah, yeah, it's a. Peter Berg, maybe, oh, with oh, oh. Uh, Mark Wahlberg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, Rogue One on this again. Uh, <laughs> again. <laughs> uh, which is fine. Yeah. You know, it, it's hard to not have, you know, a Star Wars movie and visual effects. Yeah. But, uh, um, and uh, I guess we'll kind of round it out with uh, maybe the two most uh, yeah. pertinent categories for our podcast here. Woo-hoo. And that's uh, the Academy Award nominees for writing an adapted screenplay and writing an original screenplay. So the adapted screenplay nominees are Arrival, Fences, Hidden Figures, Lion, and Moonlight. The original screenplay nominees are Hell or High Water, La La Land, The Lobster, Manchester by the Sea, and 20th Century Women. So Arrival, I didn't know Arrival was an adapted. Yeah, they say it's in the credits. I think it was a short story. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, I noticed that very early on when when I was watching it, and I tried to make a middle note to go back and read it mm-hmm. i've actually heard a lot of people uh in the like a lot of kind of sci-fi nerds uh say that they much much preferred the the short story mm-hmm. um but you know that's typical yeah, yeah, um, yeah. but uh this is another one where again i kind of didn't really expect hell or high water to be nominated but now that it's there i totally see it and i would love it if it won so did you guys see the lobster? Yeah, I yes. saw it. This is a one that's weird though because it's uh, what's his name? Colin, Colin Farrell. No, 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 no. The 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 writer director. Oh yeah, I can't it. remember his name, but he's a yeah. Greek. He's a Greek. Yorgos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yorgos Lanthimos. Yeah. yeah, and he has a very unique style and a, like it's kind of an acquired taste. Mm-hmm. If you're not really prepared for it, it can kind of be befuddling. Yeah. And had you seen Dogtooth? No, see, okay. and you told me, and I didn't listen to you, you told me to see Dogtooth before I saw The mm-hmm. Lobster, and I thought, nah, I, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> and I was wrong, I think. Yeah. Because, like, I loved the first, like, quarter to a half of that movie, and then it just got yeah. out of too much. Lobster? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, me, me as well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, without any spoilers, there's a there's a scene in the movie where I, I it just, it loses it for me. Yeah. I, I can see, uh, and I actually really enjoyed... Um, I haven't read the screenplay, but I can. I really enjoyed the writing for this, mm-hmm. um, and I can see it actually just based off of the others. I can see it actually winning because, uh, from the little that I know by the others, this is the most original story, sure. um, and it's very complex. But as a mo- movie as a whole, I didn't care for it. Yeah, and yeah, I haven't seen this Dogtooth. I I enjoyed it. Uh, Dogtooth is to me the superior of the two films um that's why i would say that it's a good uh it's a good introduction to his style because essentially they're very similar um and because i think dogtooth is the superior film i think that if you like dogtooth then you're more prone to liking the lobster Mm -hmm. and it would behoove you to go one two to to do them in that order yeah Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh but see again, and uh, I this is one where I would I'm kind of I would have loved to have seen Midnight Special here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can see that uh, Midnight Special. I was going to mention earlier when we were kind of talking about it. I, I liked Midnight Special uh, probably as much as you guys, mm-hmm. but probably not as much. But I still liked it. Yeah. But I it fell apart for me at the end. Mm. I didn't care how it ended. Okay, that's why I. I I'm okay with it not being there, I guess. The mm. thing about this stuff, and I, I, I realize this m- m- as I get older, like, I feel like I should really watch each of these movies twice. <laughs> like, if I really if I really want to talk knowledge, speak yeah. knowledgeably about yeah. it, and I really want to solidify an opinion about them, mm-hmm. I really feel like I should see them once in theaters, and then see them again when they're released, and, like, dedicate time to it and make it, like, an experience, because... Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. One thing that uh, I, I would have liked to see, uh, going back to the cinematography, I didn't even think about it. Uh, the cinematography category mm. is the lobster. I love the cinematography. Of the lobster. Yeah, it yeah. was great. Um, I, All I those that was, slow motion. Yeah, shots I thought that was were wonderful. Excellent. Yeah. Who else is nominated for that? Where is that? 
Should we talk uh, about uh, It's like the third one, third uh, category. It's Arrival, La La Land, Lion, Moonlight, and Silence. Mm. Uh, Silence, we didn't even talk about Silence. No, it's supposed to be this big, epic masterpiece. And I think this is like the only thing that uh, it got, yeah, this is the only thing that it got nominated for. Which makes me think I'm going to like that movie a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, well, anything else you guys want to cover on the, on the I mean, we, we could probably just throw out a guess at what's going to win Best Picture. Okay. Sure, we should Let's have like that. a, yeah. We you want to guys do pool. a little pool? Yeah, yeah. a little pool. A little, little, little. We'll just do the big ones. Pool. So, uh, do you want to just do best picture? Or do you Let's do, do best picture, actor, actress, and directing. Okay, that sounds fair. I will take, uh, I'm just going to go with my my, uh, my prejudices. I'm going to go with uh, Hell or High Water for best picture. Alright, I'm, I'm going to go with La La Land. And we'll add these to the show notes as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I will go with Moonlight. Yeah. Mm, okay. I think it just comes down to La La Land and Moonlight. Yeah. Essentially, that's everything that I've read. That's everything that I've heard. Is that it's just a competition oh, between neck the two. Specific, yeah, those two. They in the Golden Globes, you know, they're nominated in competing. They're nominated in uh, separate categories because in the Golden Globes, La La Land goes in as a musical or a comedy, uh, and yes, Moonlight okay. goes in as a drama. Okay. So they both won. Uh, La La Land cleaned house, and then moonlight won best drama mm. because la la land wasn't in the same category right and so it's going to be interesting to see how it how it's taken definitely actor in a leading role gentlemen so well i'll tell you i'll take it. i'll take casey affleck for manchester by the sea i'll uh, go ahead. <laughs> yeah i'll go ahead so i again i think that it's either i think that it's most likely casey affleck but i will go with who I think is in the second spot, and that's Denzel Washington. That's what I was gonna pick, but mm-hmm. to keep it keep it interesting, interesting. I'll go with, uh, Ryan Gosling. Cool, actress in a leading role. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Emma Stone. Yeah, I was. I'm gonna go with Emma Stone as okay. well. I'll go with Natalie Portman. Ooh, sleeper pick. Uh, actor in a supporting role. I'm gonna go with Jeff Bridges for Helen Hunt, Hell or High Water. Uh, I'm gonna go with Marashala Ali for Moonlight. Uh, yeah, we didn't talk about this one. Um, I'll go with Michael Shannon just because anytime Michael Shannon. I love Michael movie. Shannon. Yeah, Michael Shannon is amazing. <laughs> I assume that Michael Shannon is in Loving. I'm gonna have to look at that because Michael Shannon is in every single every, Jeff yeah. Nichols movie. But I, I yeah, did I, I do that wrong? I just that was actor in a supporting role. Yeah, is that what we wanted? Yeah. Do we need to do actress in a supporting role? Yeah, as well? we'll do actress. Yeah. Okay. Uh, actress are always the big. Okay. Those are always, yeah. I couldn't. I lost my place here. So, act, actress in a supporting role. Um, I'm gonna take. All right. Just as a side note, before I make my pick, it's really interesting to me that Michelle Williams is in this. I don't want to ruin too much. She's barely in the movie. I'm sure you guys will see it. Yeah. She's like barely in this movie. In Manchester and, by the Sea. In Manchester by the Sea. Sorry. And she gets the 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 Oscar nod. It's just kind of interesting to me. Um, and so I'm going to pick her. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, I'm going to go with Viola Davis for Fences. That's who I was going to go with as well. I'll, I'll stick with <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, stick go with it. Yeah, that, that's good. So, and then we'll just do uh, directing as the last All one. All right, cool. So to run through them, Arrival, Denis Vinois, uh, <laughs> Hacksaw Ridge, Mel Gibson, La La Land, Damien Chazelle. Is it Chazelle? I think it's Chazelle. Oh, Chazelle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Manchester by the Sea, Kenneth Lon- Lonergan. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Moonlight, Barry Jenkins. Um, so I will go with, uh, again, Moonlight, Barry Jenkins. Uh, I'll go with Ken- Kenneth Lonergan. Uh, I'll Manchester do by the sea. Dennis Chazelle. Cool. We will maybe follow up on these. <laughs> maybe you will. No, we will, for sure. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we'll, I don't we'll, know. We were supposed to follow up on that Michelle Branch, but... We never did. Uh, well, it's not... It, that it's song not, hasn't even come yeah, out yet. It hasn't yet. expired yet. Yeah. Oh, we haven't even, like, set it up. Yet. I know we, we haven't supposed set to, like, it up. Set it up. But the, the, the album comes... The singles won't be out for another couple of weeks. It's fine. We'll take care of it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, I gotta get that money. Let's get well, those, uh, uh, we also have something else to ca- take care of. Uh, Nate, do you have anything you want to talk about that you're working on? Uh, so, posted... Finally, posted one of my favorite places... Uh, in all the world, but specifically in Austin, Mainstay Tattoo. 
uh, my tattoo studio. Well, not mine, but the one that I go to. <laughs> uh, I've posted that up on Austinomics. Uh, you'll find it at Ride or Die. But also, I'm working on a couple of other things. I'll keep them on the back burner. Right on. Chris, what do you got going? Uh, yeah, so I don't have any specific um, reviews that I can uh, point to, but always stay up to date on what I'm posting on Vinyl Fluid because I will be trying to keep up with twenty with Vinyl Fluid's top tracks of 2017. Um, I think I have two of them up there right now, and that is the Afferman, or that is uh, the song that I mentioned in our Top of the Moment podcast, uh, Tiny Hazards, Sesame. Mm-hmm. And then there are some other ones on there. So always uh, stay up to date there. I'll try to to keep sharing when I find. Sweet. I myself am suffering from quite the bout of writer's block. Uh, I've got several irons in the fire still two weeks going. But I do have some stuff that I've been writing. do have some stuff that I've been working on. Some of it will see the light of day. Others will not. Just a small reminder, we have another show that's called Top of the Moment. It's called Ride or Die Presents, the top of the Woo-hoo. moment. Uh, that arrives in the same feed as this show. Um, and you can find all of that stuff, plus our original writing, at riderdie.net. And you can not forget to email us at riderdieblog at gmail.net. Oh my gosh. Riderdie.gmail.net. Riderdieblog <laughs> at gmail.com. Uh, you can send us a quick note there. Let us know what you think of the show ideas for next for other shows ideas for pieces that you want to know you want to hear our voice on something uh specific let us know there and again just hit us up at riderdie.net and follow us on social media uh at riderdie blog on most social platforms you can find other stuff at riderdie.net the proper website and we'll see you next time see you guys bye